0: Hello and welcome to the Beginning by Thinking Show. Today I'll be speaking with the professional independent rapper and author Shadow. The London born artist makes a full-time living from his music. Showers open for the likes of Wiley, Getz, Stormzy, Skepta, KRS1 and Tech 9. You can listen to his latest single Burnout on Spotify and on other streaming platforms. He's completely independent, so his music is powered by you. We spoke about hip hop culture, manga. His training time with the Shaolin monks, his law degree, how he felt before doing Ninja Warrior UK, and towards the end, he demonstrates how he writes and raps. Yes, he rapped on a podcast that is goddamn crazy cool. Enjoy the podcast. Hello, Shadow. Hey, how's it going? Very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, I'm good. Nice. Okay, so the first obvious question, which I'm sure you've heard like thousands of times, is
1: where did your name come from? Um, okay, so I went to China when I was younger to study Shaolin Kung Fu, and I guess the name was just uh, homage to that, really. So Shao I didn't like the idea of shadow, but I thought it, I thought it sounded kind of cool. Nice so. twist on shadow. Pretty much, that was it. Fair enough.
0: I mean, I'm sure you've got that question thousands of times. It's a really unique name. I like it a lot. Thank you. So you've done something quite incredible. You've, uh, you have a law degree and you've jumped to independent rapping. Yeah. So uh, how was that move? What was
1: that move like? Was it scary for you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> incredibly difficult as well. It's definitely not something I would recommend someone do if you're not 100% in it, you know? Yeah. But for me, being a lawyer was never an option. It, it yeah didn't it didn't sit with me. I I couldn't fathom the idea of of being in an office day in day out. And That's fine for you if that's what you want to do. But for me, it was never it was never my path. So I just had to find a way to make a living from from doing what it is I actually love. So
0: why were you doing a degree in law then? Was did you first of all have a passion
1: to become a lawyer? No, I, I had a passion to learn and to not waste my money. my student loan on a degree that wasn't actually going to give me any, any options, I think. And the way I looked at it, law, a law degree gives you a lot of options. You learn a lot during that time and it didn't feel to me like I was wasting my time. I initially went there to do physiotherapy and quickly realised it wasn't for me, especially when they mentioned that you might accidentally kill somebody during your tenure. So, yeah, I wasn't really down for that yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can understand why for sure yeah that was they said that during the um, during the induction day and it instantly put me off yeah right yeah I just thought you know I, I don't like I really just don't like the idea of going to university and dossing about it's a lot of money you're spending and it's, yeah. a, it's a lot of time of your life so you have to go there and get some some actual feasible skills out of it and a direction when you leave and have a degree that's going to open some doors for you so i thought well law would be the absolute best choice i can have on that
0: okay so so far with your journey in rap
1: Mm. what's the most valuable lesson you've learned oh loads i mean how to talk to people and how to communicate and network with people is always an important one being persistent and dedicated um, not pushing yourself too hard when you're not in the frame of mind to be pushed. So being very aware of your own mental energy is important. Uh, probably the the new one that I'm really enjoying at the moment is to save 10% of anything that you make and put it yeah. in an account. I really like that one. That's, that's done me well. So yeah, lo- lots of lessons in general. And I don't even think they're specifically music lessons. I think they're just life lessons, which are applicable to anything that you do. Yeah, it's a a
0: really interesting career path. I mean, the issue with creativity is it's difficult to monetize. So how do you make money as an independent rapper?
1: Live shows, uh, merchandise. So we're talking uh, jumpers, hoodies, caps, beanies, etc. But also my manga series. Um, Of course, selling music. So CD form. Spotify, which I mean, the payments are negligible, but it's still better than nothing. You've got PR, GPL. Yeah. So if you get radio play, you get paid for that. If you perform, you get paid from the PRS for that. So God bless them. Yeah. Uh, and then I also run the, the UK's first rap and MC degree with, with the ACM. So yeah,
0: I've, I read about that. We'll, we'll get onto that later.
1: Um, yeah, yeah that's, that's quite incredible. Um, So, I mean, in essence, I diversify my income. There's a lot of different ways that I make money from different aspects of my music and creativity. And, you you know, you just put all of those together and you you look at it and it's a decent income until the government get their hands on it.
0: Mm, Yeah. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) so everything you've done is independent. Like your entertainment company is called DIY Gang. You know,
1: I think that says it all. Uh, So I take it you don't like record labels. Uh, you know i used to be a lot more anti-record label than i am now i think now i just see them for what they are and i i get it but i don't get it if that makes sense Uh, it's like look i I understand you've got to make money you guys are struggling because streaming and because it's very difficult to make money from music these days you're putting in however much money into an artist in an advance and you want it back as soon as possible so you're going to make them do the music which is most likely to get you that money back. I get it, I understand it's business. Unfortunately, the music business is a creative business and you can't treat it entirely like a business. You can't yeah. just think purely money. There's a lot more to it than that. There's a lot of creativity, there's a lot of love, there's a lot of unknown, there's a lot of weird stuff that happens in the music industry which doesn't happen in in the normal business. Yeah. And it, it's, I just think it's the wrong way of going about things. And I'd much rather have creative control Of my career than have you know a decent amount of money behind me, but then be very unhappy with the sort of music that I'm making. For sure, a happy medium. If I can find investment or a label that kind of understands that and allows me to do what the hell I want to do, then I'm open to conversations. But I'm very, I'm not, I'm not confident that that sort of thing exists. So, Mm. pendant makes the most sense to me.
0: Yeah, I mean, the whole thing with record labels, I get I get why it's a thing, but it's sort of like, it's not like gold, you can't really invest in it, mm. you know, it's people's creativity, it goes up
1: and down too much yeah. to be more of an, an investment, you know. I mean, um, wrong. Well, some people need a record label, and depending on the music you make and, and what it is you're trying to do, sometimes it's necessary, like, I don't think Drake could have been Drake without a record label, without For that's sure, good. yeah. yeah without the financial investment behind him.
0: He needed that million pounds to be
1: able to break off. More more than a million, a lot. Oh yeah, of course. But, but... You know, it's you, sometimes you need that machine, especially if you're trying to make a worldwide brand. Um, but it's, it's always a shot in the dark, just because you get signed, it does not mean that you've made it. And a lot of artists don't really understand that. They just think that the minute they sign that paperwork, you take your foot off the pedal. And if anything, you have to work even harder because now you're working to label deadlines, you're not necessarily going to get to release the music you want to release when you want to release it, and you don't have a lot of control as to what it is you do. You can have input, but if the majority of the financial investment is not yours, then rightly so, you shouldn't dictate everything that happens. So hmm. yeah. So
0: say a, a young rapper came to you and he's just going into the big wide world. Uh, And he said, should I be independent or should
1: I go for a label? I've had an offer. uh, What should I do? I'd get a lawyer if you had an offer. Uh, Always have a lawyer read through it. There's never a reason to... I mean, you can read your own contracts, but you always want somebody else to read through it as well, just to make sure. But if you've got an offer on the table, then it's definitely worth exploring. But if you don't have an offer on the table yet and you're just trying to decide whether or not to be independent or signed, I would always say be independent because... Mm even if a label comes knocking, if you've got a proven track record and actual stats, sales, and fans behind you, you're in a far stronger negotiating position than if you just waited around for somebody to come and do it all for you. So there's never a reason not to be independent. And that independent mentality carried into a label situation will get you a lot further than just sitting there and expecting them to do it all for you, which is how how the game used to be played, but it's not possible to play it like that anymore.
0: Yeah, I mean, with a tribe called Quest, uh, they signed to a label and they, they took everything from them pretty much. So when Low End Theory was released, Q-Tip was still sleeping in, in his mum's couch, you know. Yeah, I'm not uh, It's like, yeah, it can be pretty harsh out there. Yeah. Uh, so I want to I test your taste in rapper a little bit. Okay. Can, you, uh, can you give me
1: your top five favourite rappers? Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> that changes by hour.
0: But,
1: <laughs> yes yes uh top five favorite and this is my personal taste not necessarily who yeah t- t- top five favorite and top five in terms of ability for me are very different things but i would say right now probably tech nine uh, is, it,
0: is this go from number five to start off
1: oh from number
0: five number oh, five see. number
1: five cool um oh yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think I need to do it from number one because it's all easy. right. Go from number one, then go from all number right. one. So number one would be Tech nine. Number two, yep. Eminem. Number yep. three. Do you know? I really like the game. Yeah, Fair I really enough. like. Him, yeah, and it's probably because it's probably because the game is on my mind at the moment. That because um, I was listening to him yesterday, yesterday at the gym. So probably that voice to five nine. Would probably be in there somewhere. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. Number three, join a Lucas. Okay. No. Or voice the okay. fight number five the game. Say that. Alright. I reckon I have a more
0: sort of hip hop taste in oh. mind. You know, like a really classic. Like number five would me for me would be Slick Rick. Mm-hmm. Then Big Daddy Kane. Okay. Um uh, I probably place Tech Nine in number three. Okay. Number to uh, a tribe called Quest, and number one is Chub Rock. Right, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Like, I, I love old school hip hop. Yeah. It's something my dad introduced me to. He has one of the biggest collection of break beats there are, you know. It's
1: crazy. Yeah, yeah. it's great. Are you yeah. familiar with Quasimoto? <sighs> I've heard of him. Give him a listen, please, though,
0: yeah. in a yeah. really,
1: really weird way. Um I don't I don't get it, but I like listening to it because I don't get it. It's just Is it original? It's completely original. Yeah, yeah. he has got the original's good. I like it. Legs. Just yeah. like legs running. It's a really odd song, but I <laughs> I like it because I don't get it. It's just really confusing.
0: Yeah, I, I tend to prefer the original of everything. Any type of rap genre, subgenre. I the original I quite like. Yeah. Um so You mentioned that you uh, went to China to train with Shaolin monks. Yeah. Uh, So what did uh, martial arts do for you
1: and how did it affect your mindset? I think it completely transformed my life, to be honest. I wouldn't be the man I am today without having studied Kung Fu, done martial arts, gone to China. Um, All of that journey was necessary to get me to here. And the the mentality that comes with hard training and dedication is 100% applicable to anything that you want to do in life you're trying to be a success so yeah um, I can't imagine what my life would have been like if I hadn't done all of that um, in fact I would be I wouldn't be me but I think everybody is them because of the culmination of all of their experiences yeah
0: of course of course of course um, so I've just sort of recently about six months ago started jiu-jitsu and I already uh, you know noticed differences I think martial arts is uh, one of the most sort of constructive things someone can do with their life. Mm. It's active. It changes mindset. Do you think that your success in rapping
1: is due to martial arts? Yeah, I would say, I I would say it is. Yeah. Um, Because the, you know, discipline at the end of the course, being disciplined, working hard, it's all, it's all integral to be successful in martial arts. So these are transferable skills. I would say any form of dedicated physical activity helps shape your mind. You know, if you're an an Olympic athlete, you have that same level of dedication, that same drive, that same determination as you would with martial arts, maybe in a different way and maybe it's framed in a different way. But, you know, I think physical activity in general is always a good idea.
0: So how do you think you would motivate someone to... um go out and do that first run or do that first martial arts class? Um,
1: I don't think you can motivate anybody to do something that they don't want to do. Yeah, you of course. Certainly of course. get them to do the first one, but unless they're committed and in the, in the right frame of mind to take it on and to push through when it's tough and to... Take themselves out there when they don't want to go then it's only gonna be that first run and it'll be many first runs it'll be that yeah. first one you'll probably do two or three then it gets difficult and you stop and then you you start getting fat or upset and you're like ah, oh, i should probably go do it again do it yeah, tough. yeah. And so if you're not prepared for that inevitable wall um it's not going to happen so i think more than anything you need to prepare somebody mentally for how difficult it's going to be and be very realistic with them and you know be with them for the for the initial time but then you've got to leave it to them um yeah for sure so it's been said many times you can't lead a horse to water you can lead a horse to water but you can't make them drink unless you Mm. have a a funnel but um (laughs) it is what it is you know if you're not ready and willing your own mind to do it it's not gonna happen and I'm I'm a firm believer in that and I do not like wasting my time with people who aren't willing to help themselves. Okay great so you
0: describe yourself as a possible ninja and you have done Ninja
1: Warrior yeah so tell me about Ninja Warrior how was that? Uh, Ninja Warrior was dope it's it's one of those ones where when you're watching the TV and I watch TV a lot, but I, you know, it comes on during Christmas and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. And you see people doing it. You're like, Oh, I could do that. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I say that, then I'm going to do it. So
0: yeah.
1: I, I, I said, oh, I could do that. And then I had to prove it. I had to prove I could do it. And mm-hmm. it totally makes sense. It's the sort of thing that I would have done regardless of whether I, I was a musician or not. It's just something that I find interesting. So, I sent in an application literally on the on the deadline day and forgot about it. They got in contact and said, yeah, we'd like you to come along. And then all of a sudden, I'm in Manchester about to do this course. And in, the only thought on my mind is do not flop on the first obstacle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if it's the first obstacle, then it doesn't matter what happens next. So unfortunately, they didn't show my whole run. But if you see how I am on the first obstacle in comparison to how I am on the rest of them is, it's two completely different things. Like I just needed to make sure I do that first obstacle and I don't embarrass myself. And then after that, it's fine. Yeah. So, big
0: yeah. adrenaline rush though, right?
1: Yeah. And it's, it's really difficult on multi in multiple ways because there's a, a great degree of luck involved with it. You don't get yeah. to check out the obstacles before you do them. The mm. first time you get to touch anything is live is well, not live on TV, but when you're being filmed by multiple cameras, for itv and you know you're going to be in front of millions of people making an ass of yourself so yeah that, that in itself is is a massive pressure um and you know something that you could have done if you had had a couple tries becomes insanely difficult when you only get one chance to do it yeah so. right yeah
0: yeah for sure um yeah i i, I imagine it would be tough was there much training involved
1: yeah uh, I went to a training gym in Leicester where the guy had set up like a makeshift Ninja Warrior course from yeah, great. Like, metal pipes and all sorts of stuff. It was really rough and ready, but it was very, very good. And I I mainly went there to pick up the techniques, like the hanging techniques, how to swing, uh, stuff like that. Just stuff that you wouldn't normally practice. Mm. So a lot of it is upper body strength. There's a great deal of upper body strength and balance is really important, but it's it's being able to hold you know? yeah grip that's a big problem with me is grip you know yeah like the next
0: day my forearms were on fire they were yeah like... I can imagine, I can tr- imagine. you're working muscles that you've never even touched before with any yeah. weight so yeah it's I can
1: imagine it must have been really really tough it's it's just very interesting it's it's tough because it's different I I definitely think climbers and free runners excel at that kind of thing because it's nat- It's more natural for them but even still it's it's very very difficult because most of the time these obstacles you just don't come across in your life yeah i mean you got a nice little promotion in there though um you you did a you did
0: a little bit of spitting didn't you you did uh, yeah. s- some of your song great uh speaking of that right i'm not sure if that was a freestyle but when it comes to freestyles yeah now other rappers i listen to these freestyles and they sound ridiculous hmm like are they real freestyles or are at, they pre-written actual free,
1: freestyles or pre because those are completely different things
0: yeah right like people go on radio shows and they they do these crazy wordplay lyrics
1: yeah and they say it's a freestyle yeah it's not yeah yeah um a freestyle is actually something that you've made up off the top of your head there and then and it's completely free it's 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 unique it's based on your surroundings it's just words put together doesn't always make sense you're you might make a mistake here and there uh but it is it's literally just taking input from your surroundings to the music and and coming up with something that is really the essence of freestyle for me it's not i've written these lyrics the other day and i'm just going to put it to whatever beat you drop for me that's a completely different thing and um i think that freestyle the real freestyle should be celebrated a lot more than it is but the reason it's not is because a lot of today's rappers can't do it yeah don't want to be shown up as not being able to do it so they don't do it and call it a freestyle and now we've fallen into this thing where pe- the uninitiated or people who don't really know a whole lot about rap think that these guys are making it up off the top of their head and mm-hmm. then that makes it even more difficult when you do actually freestyle and it's nowhere near as good as something that's been pre-written
0: yeah, for sure, for sure, man. Uh, well, I, if you just uh, listen to some of them, they sound crazy. Yeah. I mean, would you ever, would you ever pre-write and say it's a freestyle, or would uh, when you say it's a freestyle, would it be a freestyle?
1: No, I mean, I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a craftsman. You know, I, I care about my craft. I care about what it is I do. If I haven't made it up off the top of my head, I'm not going to pretend that I have. That's just not me. Mm. So, you know, I'm not a liar, basically. Yeah, and, yeah, for sure. I've been around so many incredible freestylers, and I know the amount of dedication and work it goes into, and I can also freestyle, uh, mm. nearly to the, the same ability as my written lyrics, but I can do it. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, I have a great appreciation for the art of freestyle, so I would never, um, let's say, besmirch it by pretending that I have... For sure, for sure. You know, I've, I, I've opened for KRS One and I've seen him freestyle live on stage, and it's flipping incredible. He's ridiculous. Yeah. It, so, so, what what rap or hip hop have you um, have you grown up on? My first introduction to well, my first I think I remember the first time I actually fell in love with hip hop was uh, by a Ludacris, the Word of Mouth album. Listening to that and driving around South London with house speakers in the back of my car yeah um, yeah that was incredible and i listened to that album over and over again and i think that really shaped my initial style in terms of the fact that i wanted to rap fast i wanted it to be intricate all of that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and that was a gateway for me um i remember listening to so solid crew as well when they first came out yeah and that, that i think that early on stopped me from developing the classic american rap accent that a lot of british artists had back in the day because yeah. I heard the UK accent. And I was like, "Yeah, that's cool." And me being very anti, anyway, I was always going to represent myself rather than pretend to have an mm, American accent. Sure. Sure. Just, just the fact that so solid crew were out there gave me the confidence to think, "Okay, yeah, I'm going to rap with my own accent." So mm. yeah, uh, but there's lots. I mean, Method Man, Redman, Buster Rhymes, Jay Z, Nas, um, a lot of stuff. Put it that way, like. Yeah just trying to consume as much as possible and i still much i, I completely prefer the 90s and and hip-hop to what we have now in all honesty but maybe that's just because oh 50 cent as well Can't yeah, yeah yeah um yeah. but maybe that's I, I i do believe what you grow up in heavily shapes what you define as golden era hip-hop and the the best hmm. Because the some of the students in the class that I teach, uh, one of them thinks Dave is the best rapper in the world, and as far as he's concerned, he's correct, and it's a subjective thing. To mm. me. So, and he's completely grown up on Dave. He's he, Dave is his his former Jay Z. So I can't yeah right can't really knock or argue with him for that. You know, I could show him other rappers, but he didn't grow up with that. They don't yeah. have significance and relevance to him as Dave does, so who am I to say at the yeah end? I, I think the great thing about being around some of these students is that you you kind of just chill out with your opinions and you're you're able to have a discussion with somebody and disagree on fundamental points and not get upset or or start calling each other Nazis, and I think that's really good, so yeah. <laughs> Subject- yeah. is subjective you know it's your opinion and the moment that you realize that your opinion is not fact i think is very liberating
0: so how aware of you of the uh, uh the uh
1: the way hip-hop originated i forgot wu-tang uh, <laughs> oh you forgot Wu- how can you forget wu-tang know, how- do you know what it is it's because everybody assumes that i'm a massive wu-tang fan because of the, the kung fu thing and i'm not that massive a wu-tang fan i think i think they're dope but yeah. I, they're not my go-to choice. It, it just happens that I'm super into Kung Fu. Do you know what's incredible about Wu-Tang? Uh. Is, is
0: that they they were a massive group. Yeah. And uh, I uh, remember listening to the leader of Run DMC say, uh, we need more Wu-Tang clans. We need more people banding together in rap. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I,
1: think, I think that's the most incredible thing about Wu-Tang. They, sure. they still are the only persisting group of that caliber uh realistically and of that size yeah uh, i mean it seems to me on on from the outside looking in that a lot of them don't actually get along with each other and trying to get a a complete wu-tang live show is nigh on impossible yeah and killer bees to add to that as well and uh, you know there's a there's a whole lot of nonsense that goes on with that um getting, getting a building a wu-tang show and and none of them actually turn up and other members of the wu-tang clan turn up but none of the original members and it's all a bit of a shambles sometimes but they've made it work so yeah more power to Wu-Tang I think that the two and three member groups are easier to manage than those big groups mm.
0: so in your undergraduate course yeah do you teach the uh, origins of hip-hop oh yeah like, like the Zulu Nation the the power cut in the Bronx
1: you know yeah. uh, DJ Cool Herc things like that yeah we week two uh sorry not week 2 lesson 2 i i made it a point to really look at where hip hop came from mm. and go back to the west african tribes who were um the originators of let's call it spoken word um delivering information through spoken word yeah the, the origins of the of the word hip hop you know like knowledge through music essentially mm. And um, I can't remember the name of the, the, the tribe, but um, the Ippi something, I don't remember. Um, smart Movement, I think, is, is the translation of it anyway, but mm. KRS one references it. Um, yeah, K R S one does some great lectures on the uh, origins of hip hop. He knows, he, it's undeniable that he knows this stuff. And I think it's really important to be aware of where you've come from in order to know where you're at and what you can do with it. Yeah, um, The origins was a very important part for me to, to instill in the students early and then even yesterday we were doing the origins of UK hip hop so we were looking at Jungle, at Garage, at where artists like Wiley and Getz and Kano came from, yeah. Dwe and all of that and kind of emphasising the amount of work that a lot of these artists in the UK have had to put in just to make it possible for so many UK artists to be successful now. Mm. And the sort of music they had to make, like Rolex sweep and stuff like that. All of the kind of bait pop music that the artists almost certainly didn't want to have to make, but had to make in order to make UK hip hop, UK grime, UK whatever you want to call it, viable. I don't like urban. I don't like that music. I, I'm sorry, I don't like that term. I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a relevant term um, to describe the music. But yeah, just to make it possible to have a career these artists have had to do a lot of stuff and you have to show respect for that at the very least. So, so what's your what's your opinion on the current UK rap scene? I think it's healthy. I think it's incredibly strong. I'm proud to be a part of it and I'm proud to see it. Proud to think that there are countries around the world who are now listening to UK hip-hop, emulating it, aware of those who are in the scene. You know, Stormzy has done incredible things. I may not like all of the music that is coming out of the UK, but that's that's a, again. That's opinion. It's subjective. Right. Yeah. My opinion, in the grand scheme of things, doesn't matter. What matters is that there are artists who can make a career from mm. what they love and what they do in this country without having to pander to the to the state without without having to change their accent or or ultimately change the sort of music they're making. They can make it is they want to make. You of course have to be aware and cognizant of the of the the types of people and your fan base and cater to them to a degree but you can make what it is you want to make without a label's influence and still be successful i think that's great
0: yeah i mean it started off with uh rock and roll hating on hip-hop and now now you get quite a lot of uh what would be known as golden era hip-hoppers uh hating on you know current the rap scene you know
1: well i mean it's it's natural progression yeah, yeah it's new and it's different and I, I get it to a degree because when you look at stuff like mumble rap it's kind of like what you what and then the the disrespect that some of the artists have for the for the originators I think it was Little Zan who um, who basically said that Biggie's whack and he, he's, he doesn't really care and it's like okay you in your opinion you don't like Biggie and yeah. he's that relevant to you and someone like Little Yachty or I think there's a little boaty as well. I don't know. There's a lot of littles. Yeah,
0: but, you know, everyone seems to be quite small in that sort of yeah, you know, area. <laughs> um, but
1: in your in, in in your life and in in terms of who's influenced you, maybe someone like Soldier Boy is far more relevant to you than Biggie. Mm-hmm. But this is your opinion, and you can't go on a celebrated hip hop platform and start talking smack about Biggie. Yeah, it's just it's just silly, and it's disrespectful, and it just shows that you don't know. Mm-hmm. Much about the culture, or about the history, because if it were not for Biggie, there would be no Soldier Boys. So, yeah, show some respect. I think is, is for sure,
0: the... for sure. I mean, but take into account that, that these guys' audience is built up of thirteen-year-olds, yeah, you know, twelve-year-olds. It's like they they themselves had no idea who Biggie is. Biggie Biggie Smalls is just a name to them. You know, they may know the, the they may know the uh, the records that he produced, but. But still, really, he's just a name with music behind it. They, they don't
1: um, they don't know the culture of Biggie yeah. and his influence. I mean, dude, the, the internet exists. You know, it yeah, for sure. It for sure. doesn't take much to educate yourself and find out stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. Of, there's yeah. a lot of people who are long dead who who I'm aware of and I know about the the significance of their impact on this world. And it just takes a bit of research and, and the volition to to find out something. So Yeah, yeah. I think lack of knowledge to a degree is not really an excuse when when information is so readily available it's just up to you whether or not you want to search for it mm, yeah just, i yeah.
0: mean I'm, I'm hoping to get africa on, who is the the yeah. founder of the zulu nation um yeah i'm hoping to get him on at some point which will be a be a great conversation for yeah. sure uh and just talk about the history of hip-hop because it's
1: such a it's it, it is a powerhouse the whole yeah. genre it's uh it's, oh, I mean, it's it, the most popular genre so many other sub genres uh, i mean it's debatable whether or not grime is a sub-genre of hip-hop or just a sub-genre of jungle or garage but rapping and the art of lyricism and everything that comes with it it you know without hip-hop it wouldn't exist so hip-hop is really the father and or mother of all of, of all of these other things of drill of trap of mumble rap of all of that you know so yeah just show some respect i guess and just be aware sure. of what people have had to do in order for you to be able to do what you do a lot easier so i'd like to move on to your book
0: yeah that has come out the way of shall uh-huh. manga book what made you uh
1: what made you want to be an author i'm a nerd and i like manga that was literally it. Like I, for me, it was always a a a when rather than an if when it came yeah, to right You know, I I love Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball Z is the reason I even got into kung fu. So it's kind of come full circle for me in terms of the fact that my journey started with manga, and I wouldn't say it's ending with manga, but it's come back to there as well. And I, I reference a lot of manga and animating my lyrics, a lot of games, that kind of stuff, so my general interests do revolve around those sorts of things, and so it, for me, I, I, I've i read a lot of manga, I understand the tropes, I understand how to, how to put a story together, how to tell a good story and how to pace, and it was just a case of me having the opportunity to do it and having the, the finances available to, to, to funnel into this because it's flipping expensive it's not. Yeah for sure. It's a labour sure. of love more than anything else because mm. there was a guarantee that finishing this anyone would even buy it or anyone would even be interested in it but it was as much for myself as it was for my fan base.
0: So. Yeah for sure it's it's, a, it's an achievement for yourself which you know you, you always wanted to do so why not do it? Yeah. Um, I have, I, I really uh, i am clueless on the whole anime thing. I don't know where
1: I should even start with it. Um, a short one, probably, something like Death Note. It's something be. that completely zipped past me. An I, now, I mean, the stories are fantastic. The, the character development in some of them is really, really good. Uh, like I said, Death Note is a great one to start off with because it's not too long. And the story is incredibly, incredibly compelling. And then you have things like One Piece, which is arguably one of the most popular manga sorry, manga and anime series in the world. And that's over 900 episodes. And I've started re-watching it. And I am yeah. into like episode 130. And I've still got a very, very long way to go. Then yeah. there's My Hero Academia, which is really, really good as well. So there's, there's lots out there a lot to watch and i'd recommend just cutting your teeth on some of the best ones and, and seeing how you go from there but you know my my manga is set in a world where musicians have special powers and abilities based on how many fans they have it's, yeah. it's essentially a retelling of my artistic journey and it's something i haven't seen done before in in manga or anime or anything like that or even just having a black man as as the lead character mm. in a manga and that's not Specifically, me throwing about racism um, accusations or anything because manga is Japanese and it's a homogenous society.
0: Yeah, or... no, of course you're just uh, adapting it to you know your
1: culture. It's it's. Yeah, although I do find it interesting that the characters in manga tend to look white rather than Asian. i uh, yeah. Did I actually ask one of my Japanese friends about that? And I think he said it's just a bit more accessible like that, or they feel that 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 people are able to pick up on it more. Yeah. I find quite disappointing realistically because I would have put I again I mean this is my subjective opinion but I think that if this is coming from Japan I would have preferred all of the characters to actually look Japanese but there you go Uh, coming from my perspective and my culture uh, 100% my main characters got to represent and look like me and I think that's very important so yeah yeah
0: I mean you've done a great job with it thank you yeah it's like the simpsons as well you know everyone's yellow right in the simpsons and you have your black characters yeah it's like you you can you you instantly think oh the simpsons are obviously white yeah you know i I understand where you're coming from there for sure
1: um so is there going to be a volume two then 100 percent. yeah i'm i mean i can't talk about too much at the moment but i mean i'm in talks with um quite a big distribution company about getting it uh, getting the book out to new sources and stuff like that. So once Volume One has been taken care of and it's out there in the world, uh, I can really start to focus a bit more on Volume Two. My main, my main focus this year has been actually just getting it out there so that there's a market and an audience for it because doing volume two is all well and good, but I want people to read it. That's, you right.
0: Yeah, You want people to understand volume one before the second. Yeah,
1: exactly. uh, thinking of any TV show with it, any anime show? Yeah, I mean, definitely you know, the sky's the limit with these kind of things. But it, again, it's got to have the audience. If it doesn't have the audience there's zero point, I can throw as much money at it as I, as I want. Well, no, I can't because I'm not rich like that, but I <laughs> theoretically could throw as much money at it as I want, but if nobody is there to enjoy it and consume it and, and, and share it, then it it's really, I'm just doing it for myself. And that's only fun up to a certain extent. I am an artist and I am a creative and I do want to share my art with the world. Otherwise I would have just made music for myself, made manga for myself and never even thought about selling it or, or putting it out there.
0: Yeah. Okay. So if you do do a TV show, you could probably like add it into your act when you're doing live shows.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I would. I, I I want to get to the point where my videos are reminiscent and do represent the manga side of things, um, and just kind of tie it all together. But that takes time, and again, it takes money. Sure. And sure. Most importantly, it takes music. So my focus at the moment is new music and yeah, trying to make right. an album. And of course, that's difficult because any creative will know you go through peaks and troughs. And troughs in terms of creativity, you'll have bursts. You have times where you're feeling like, yeah, I can write everything. And then you have times where you where you feel, okay, I'm not feeling inspired and I'm not able to gain any influence or interesting input from anywhere. And in my opinion, at that point, you need to go and do something different. You need to go on holiday or go somewhere new or go talk to somebody else and somebody different and just try and rebuild your creative stores. Mm.
0: So just a, a, another separate question for you. Uh, th-
1: th- what the live shows mean to you? I, I am I am a rapper because of the opportunity to perform. That's what I really love to do. I, I love to be on stage. I love to entertain, and I feel like the whole culmination of everything that you learn and everything that you study and all of your skills involved with being a rapper come together on the stage. You can hide behind engineering and and recording techniques and technology in the studio um you know you can you can cut in if you make a mistake but live you've got to do it there's no hiding Mm. so if you're dope you're dope and you're especially dope when you're live and if you can only spit and you can't entertain then you're not going to entertain the audience you're going to action them for a little bit but if there's no if there's no showman's showmanship or show womanship involved with it then you're going to lose them very quickly. So there's a lot involved with being able to command a stage live. How to hold a mic, how to how to really put together something visual, so it's not just you're listening to me, and I could have done this at home on Spotify. You know, you need to give mm. a performance, and I think that's incredibly important. Your
0: first ever live show, then?
1: Yeah. Uh, so it was in a bar that used to be a strip club and there was a there was not a lot of people there there was a couple women who kept insisting I take my shirt off and that was about it I think I was just nervous about what to do rather than how to do it Uh, because you know I I didn't know I had no clue so yeah it's all been a learning process it's all just been discovering new and exciting live techniques I, I, I like to go to live shows and just watch and learn I picked up stuff from Method Man and Redman, seeing them perform, seeing the energy that they bring. Tech and Chris Calico, amazing live performers. I've seen Ludacris live. I've seen Jay Z and Kanye. Lots of different mega artists, and I I study. You know, I just I just pick up as much as I possibly can and yeah. try and create that into my own live show and try and make mine as unique as possible. And I think that when you represent yourself on stage and you bring your own flavor and you bring something that's never been seen or done before live, then that's, that's part of the excitement. It's not just about performing your music. It's about giving an experience. Mm. Can you can you recall when you wrote your first rap? Um, my first good one was in China. Okay, your first rap.
0: <laughs> not your first good one, your first rap.
1: My very first one was uh, in Brixton. I used to hang out at a studio there, and the guys there were rappers, and they would constantly be recording, talking about it, talking about the business, and I would just sit and listen, and eventually I I decided, you know, I want to I do this, so, yeah, sure. yeah, so I wrote something, and it was whack, and yeah. I'm glad yeah. I don't remember it, because it was super whack, and I, um, but yeah, I kept writing, and it still remained whack for a very long time, and it wasn't until I went to China uh, that it became less whack, and then, you know, I, I kind of Got a handle on what it was I was trying to do, and developed it from there. So, is that is that due to your experience in life, or is that due to your experience in writing? I think I think a bit of both. Realistically, I think that the more you do something, the better you get at it. Um, that's inevitable. I don't think it's possible to keep consistently persisting at something and being. I think uh, no. Let me let me rephrase it. You have to be willing and open to getting better. I think if you get stuck in your ways and you decide that what you're doing is the best way of doing it and you're not willing to try new things and to develop, then you will not get better. But in the initial and early stages when you're just open to everything and you really don't know what you're doing, you're, you're a sponge. You just pick up as much as you can. Yes. And therefore, naturally, you are going to get better. And it's just a case of how long are you willing to keep learning and keep improving and keep challenging yourself for new things you
0: know so you so, think for most people it's more of a game of time less than a game of skill
1: and that, how long can you carry on for i uh, i think certainly in terms of success it's it's often time it's often how long can you keep going and how long can you keep improving but it's about improvement you know if you, yeah. if you keep going and you've plateaued and you're not getting any better then you're in my in my opinion you're you're effectively wasting your time it's all about mm progress but if you are making incremental steps upwards even if they're the smallest steps then it is just a matter of time so it's it's a combination of skill and time so say
0: someone has had their dream to become a rapper Mm. and they've continued that dream forever and ever and nothing's ever happened for them
1: would you suggest that they stop uh, I would suggest that they stop waiting for things to happen for them and start making things happen for themselves, but when?
0: what point? Because people always say, "I'm only where I am today because I didn't give up mm-hmm. So uh, that that's... works, but to a certain extent, I mean that's like awful. say someone's still still trying to write in a book at the age of forty three. you know, it's like not much is going to happen for you. Why not? Well, i mean forty three is not that old. no. Well, yeah. 90s old. Well, nothing's nothing's happened to you because you've been doing it since you're 18 years old.
1: Mm, So I would argue that you've got, uh, I'm not great at maths, but like about almost 20 years of experience of making mistakes. And making mistakes are important so long as you learn from your mistakes. And just because you're 43, I think this whole, you're this age, so therefore you'll never make it mentality is actually really bad because if you make something phenomenal it doesn't matter what age you are it just matters that you've made something phenomenal so you know that that almost 20 years of experience of making mistakes and learning what not to do could lead you to finally getting the right things to do and everybody takes their own time i think so long as you are seeing progress that's the most important thing in in terms of myself every year i've had a better year Without yeah every my career and think okay i'm in a better position now than i was last year i have a better profile than i did last year i i've done more things i've achieved more so therefore if you extrapolate it's only a matter of time i don't know how long but if every year i have a better year then it's only a matter of time before i have my best year Mm, speaking of better years burnout I, i
0: enjoyed that a lot. Uh, tell me about the gnomes in the music video
1: (laughs) i really don't like gnomes i I don't know okay i don't know if you've ever met a gnome but they're incredibly racist i've Uh, I've never had a chat with a gnome myself but you you don't want to i mean they, they they're they're very bigoted and incredibly opinionated they they are a good example of the sorts of characters who fully believe that their opinion is fact and uh, yeah they're just unsavoury in general yeah they're they're just not cool so I wanted to highlight uh the 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 issues within the gnome community with my my music video
0: so they've got big signs saying make the
1: garden great again or something like that (laughs) make gnomes great again I believe and um gnomes first I think yeah gnomes first yeah I I mean I, I
0: saw you put them in clan hoodies
1: yeah, well, I mean, that's their general attire. I mean, they wear that. Oh, right. Like if, if it's a Tuesday, they might just don a hood. So, yeah, yeah. yeah they just they they they're just not nice in
0: general. Subject, people, right? So you went to go and assassinate them then, or something?
1: Well, I mean, teach them a lesson. Yeah, I think that you know it's important that people are aware of gnomes because a lot of people don't really realize what's going on in the known community at the moment and what's going to happen is they, they're really going to start to gain power and influence and maybe even get themselves into government and then that's, that's when it's really an issue and the, the pixies and leprechauns are seriously concerned about this and I think us right. humans should be as well.
0: Keep a baseball bat to hand, smash them.
1: Yeah, or a sword or just fire. Or sword. fire yeah. with... Do you own a sword? I own a few swords. You own a few swords, wow, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, I mean I like swords if you, if you couldn't tell from katana flow yeah I yeah yeah right yeah.
0: Yeah. you had the white katana
1: Yeah, out a lot. that's yeah.
0: actually from One Piece oh nice okay yeah. so that was a reference then it is yeah so how many hidden references were there
1: in Burnout then oh a few um, there's a Deadpool reference in there definitely that was one one of my favourite lines you'll get a murked mouth if I make it Deadpool um, because you know, muck with a mouth, I was like, yeah, cool, that works. Yeah, um,
0: I like your Chuck Norris line.
1: Oh, thank you, yeah.
0: I don't remember how it went, but I liked it. I
1: remember that I was listening to it this morning, and I like the Chuck Norris line. And like Norris. I want yeah. something about an office. It's really difficult for me to do my bars from the middle. Yeah. Not from the beginning, I, I really struggle to do it. Afo Samurai is in there. Um, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, so I don't hide, I keep it Jekyll. Mm. Um, I don't hide from it, I keep it Jekyll, I think I said. Uh, I threw a random ref- Red Bull reference in there, I'm not even sponsored by them, so they got that for free.
0: Oh nice, nice. Yeah,
1: um, yeah there's, there's always there's always random gaming and anime and just general references in there, of stuff that I'm, I like or I'm interested in or I've just interacted with recently. Uh, my music is very current for me, so if I get stuck on a lyric, it's often because I just haven't experienced something at the time. And mm-hmm. then, for instance, in morning after morning, um, after the whole, you don't want to step into the lesson every second I'm progressing, definition of a weapon maybe be shelling and the head and leave you dead and then the pheasant at a wedding with no feathers and the dressing. I ain't messing with you peasants tell them if they forget forgetting, I'll definitely come to get them in Reading, Shepherd or Selling, expect to make an impression. I never needed your blessing to be a legend. I never needed your blessing to be a legend. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> that? How do I follow on from there? Dope, and, thank you. And then I was in Reading, and uh, I was running my pop-up store there, and it was outside the entertainer. The It's kind of like the Mankind stores, where they yeah, just yeah, random yeah. gadgets and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and
0: cool yeah,
1: stuff. And these lads came out, and they, they just bought a crossbow. Not a real crossbow, but... Um, one of those
0: one, plastic tiny ones. Yeah,
1: things, yeah, yeah. And they were talking to me about this crossbow, and it just randomly popped into my head, I make crossbow music. And that's how I kind of bridge the gap from there. So the next music. one is I make crossbow music. One shot, and I make uh, one shot, and I promise I make Cupid look sloppy, not sorry, because I do this. No hobby. I'm chopping them all eunuchs, and kind of it went from there. And the same with Burnout. Actually, after what was it? Ah, oh, it's so difficult to do it in the middle. Um, ah, <laughs> oh, shut that noise. I right? won't pissin' out in the noise. I right? no no. Done being modest, I'm the MVP, I'm the star of the comic, tell an NCP and MC went to see MPs. Yeah, I like that part. Tell an MC- NCP. Yeah, I, I was listening to that. I was like mad. Yeah, it's like sorry, it's telling an MPC, a non-playable character, tell an MPC and MC went to see MPs. So referencing the fact that I went to Parliament. Um, now I'm changing the now I'm changing the world with my uh, changing it, changing it, oh changing the world with my logic. See, if I don't do it from the start, it's so difficult. I'm yeah. My logic. Um, Burned through the net so I profit. Um, no, sorry. Rose from the dirt like a florist. Burned through the net so I profit. Hurdles to know how I got it. Rude boy, I told him. I frog it. And nobody gets that, but it's rude boy, I told him. I frog it. Oh, right. Okay, I, I totem. Yeah. I told him, yeah. Uh, and then I was I was again stuck and it was kind of like, you know what? I'm just going to finish it here because I don't hmm. know. How like, it's, su- it's such a strong line that I don't really know how I'm going to follow on from there. And then... I was in Leeds and I saw I saw Children of Zeus perform in Leeds and they were fantastic and they had a line, uh, I don't even think it was a line, I think they just said something before one of their performance, before one of their songs and um, what they said was, I'm still standing and I thought, oh, I like that and so then for me it was kind of like, what, still standing, still standing and I thought, okay, still standing, still planning, still stacking, still rapping and I was like, cool, I'm back, I only take shots of yeah. a st- I won't run out, brother. I ran in, they slacking, want to stay there with the mouth flapping, and then, then it kind of just came from there. But it wasn't until I saw Children of Zeus, uh, up until that point, I was planning on leaving it at the rude boy I told him I frog it and just finishing it there and going straight to the chorus. Mm. So for me, it is very influenced by what's going on and and what I see and what I what I experience, and that my lyrics reflect that. Okay,
0: so I want to leave it on uh, your uh, undergraduate degree in
1: rap. Yeah. Right. So I'll just ask you a few questions about this. Totally. Uh, how do you teach rap? You don't, you can't um, in the same way that you can't teach singing. You either can sing and you either can rap or you cannot. What you can teach is for somebody to do it better. And yeah. that's the very important distinction. And that's what for me, the newspapers and the media and the the, the TV News and whatnot have got gotten very wrong, and alongside the fact that university is teaching students to be the next Stormzy. No, you know, yeah. uh, if if I were doing that, then I'd be doing it very wrong because nobody wants to be the next Stormzy. Well, no, yeah. some people do want to be the next Stormzy, but nobody should want to be the next Stormzy. Right. They'd, They'd be want... the next them. Yes, precisely. Um, they should want to be the current them, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's not about teaching people to copy. Or to to, to um, emulate, it's teaching people to lead and to use their, their existing skills to their own benefit and to create a career for themselves. That's really yeah. what it's about. So you look at what it is they can do and you make suggestions. You say, okay, have you thought about doing this? Have you thought about rapping about this? thought about this sort of music or collaborating with this artist? That kind of stuff looking at artists who have come before them and giving them examples and ideas of what to listen to to help improve their artistry to think about things a bit differently to push themselves lyrically outside of the box and outside of their comfort zone mm-hmm. they, they use these skills in the future but they've got them there looking at their uh for instance on monday we i i had them perform uh, no sorry i set a task to write lyrics about um what makes you angry and to come back and perform that for the class and some of the students came up with some phenomenal things. Some took the, took the concept completely at face value and wrote about a time that they were angry in their life. And some of them were funny examples. Some of them were very serious. Some of them were sad. Some of them, one student, uh, broke down the word anger and wrapped the A, the N, the G, the E, the R. And that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. People personified anger in its, in its, in its emotional state and, just gave like an angry account, which you know it was it was raw and it was emotional, and that was really cool. And mm. everybody had a different take, and I felt like the students were inspiring each other as well. Because mm. some of them came up afterwards and said, you know, can we do another one for tomorrow? Because I, I feel like I didn't bring my A game for this one. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what, yeah. That, that's great, that, that's great. That friendly rivalry to be looking at your fellow artists and be like, yo, you're dope. How can I be doper than you? And yeah. then. Your fellow artist is like, oh, 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 damn, you've gotten better than me. Let me let me step up my games. Mm. You know, there's there's that in it as well. Uh, But
0: I mean, the fact the fact that I mean, I know it's not a homework, but we'll call it a homework for now. The fact that someone wants to do a homework all over again. Yeah. Shows that they're fascinated with
1: it. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, you know, for me, I think the important part is and what really shows it's working is that, number one, the students turn up to the class and number two we often end up running like at least well no at least half an hour over the time that we're there and the students are still there like on Monday we we went an hour later and people were still there so if you're not enjoying it if you're not finding it relevant and if you're not having a good time and if you're not learning I don't believe you stay in my personal opinion I believe that the minute you know that class is done you're out of there yeah so the fact that they were staying says a lot for me. But then alongside the whole performing the piece that you've written, I also set up a microphone um, and gave and had them perform it with the mic and yeah. purposefully. Well, initially I didn't do this on purpose, but I, I quickly realized that it was purposeful or that I I decided to keep it like this. But the microphone level was a bit low. The microphone was not very good. The, in comparison to the music, it was you know you really had to project your voice in order to be heard. Yeah, of. yeah, yeah. And that is, and the students initially were asking me, "Can you turn the mic up, or can we get a, a better mic?" I said no, because you have no, to yeah. learn how to work with a system when it's when it's rubbish. Because nine times out of ten, that's what it's going to be for you when you start off. You don't get to perform on the great systems to begin with. It's mm. normally a system which is not set up for a rapper you normally have an engineer who has no clue how to mix a a, a lyricist or an mc and they're used to doing bands and they're not particularly happy about the fact that they've got to mix for a rapper so mm-hmm. you have to deal with that you've got to be able to listen to the music and adjust your voice to compensate for what's going on so if you can't do that then you need to learn how to do that and it's also looking at how they hold the mic because a lot of rappers do not hold the mic right they cut the mic they cover it over and it means that you're cutting out a lot of the sound, and you might feedback during your live set. So it's also looking at how they do that, how they perform, how they present themselves when they're performing, mm. giving, them, giving them advice on that as well, and trying to look at their personal style and work towards their personal style as well. So when they
0: when they came to the the first lesson, right? Yeah. How advanced were they? Would you say they're sort of? Semi-advanced? Did they, did they know an eight-bar writing
1: method? How advanced were they? Oh, dude, they're dope. They're dope. I can say unequivocally, unequivocally the, almost all of the students... No, sorry, all of the students are dope in their own way. Some are more dope than others and a little bit more advanced, but they are all flipping dope. Do you ever have to deal with
0: very emotional rap? And do people sometimes get very upset
1: with it? nobody's gotten very upset with it yet, but the subject matter that these young people are dealing with, because you've got to bear in mind, they're like 18, 19, maybe 20. um, Some of the stuff that they're coming with is, is heavy stuff. Mm. I, you know, I asked them, how did it feel writing that? And they seem pretty fine with it. Yeah. Been writing about it and stuff like that. And, you know, I think that I would much rather hear some of this stuff in lyrics than see you enacting, it Mm. or 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 living it you know so uh a big part of it for me is really being careful not to restrict students in Mm. their subject matter so i pretty much set set it out from day one that look i'm not going to tell you what you can or can't rap about the only thing i ask is you don't use the n-word because i don't like it yeah okay i think it's a crutch i think that a lot of um a lot of rappers mime they're gonna get onto that that just after yeah yeah, so I I prefer not to use that and to 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 challenge yourself to 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 do something different. But aside from that, you know, it's kind of fair game because it's not for me to tell you what to rap about. This is your creativity. I can tell you how to do it better, and I can advise you that maybe the way that you've done it is not technically as advanced as I would like. Mm-hmm. It's it's up to you to find your own path, and the best I can do is to give you examples and advice on what may happen if you go down a particular route. So if your whole, and this is not particularly about any of my, uh, any of the students in the class because they're, they're all pretty much on point. And I'm very happy to see that we're not mm. going to a whole gangster, um, you know, shank you up and sell drugs kind of route, but yeah, yeah, yeah. If any of them were, then I would just say, well, look, if that's what you want to rap about, then fair enough, but be aware that you may struggle to get live shows because of your content or mm. your incidences where violence or, or or random madness happens at your shows because energy attracts energy and the sort of music you rap about may attract those sorts of people who actually, yeah. and then you've got situations where artists get g-checked and, 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 um because you're talking about this kind of stuff, mm. real people who do this kind of stuff want to find out how bad you really are. Yeah. And- up on you and test you, yeah, or rob you, and uh, unfortunately, that's happened to to artists, to UK artists. You know, Miss. I mean, it, it, it happened to um, it happened to Karis, Karis One's DJ
0: at one point, Scott La Rock. He got stabbed for his chain. Yeah, you know, it yeah. happens.
1: I mean, I, I kind of feel like when American rappers come over here and they don't realise what the UK is like. Yeah, there's certain guys in the UK who who make it a point. To, to do stuff like this but yeah. it's happening to UK artists as well because finally the UK artists are making enough money to afford the chains and the lifestyle and such and like I was saying Miss it happened to I think in Spain he was robbed at gunpoint mm-hmm. and it's terrible you know and he doesn't deserve that uh, at all you know so you have to be very aware of what the lifestyle and the sort of music you make and I'm not talking about Miss specifically because he makes a lot of different music and not just about that one subject but in general you have to be aware of the sort of music you make and of the, of what you portray because that can attract certain people and certain energies towards you which you may not want so this
0: this degree it seems to be popular and and people like it i love the idea of it personally i think it's a, a lovely idea i mean you learn about music you learn about all sorts of band things in music and they don't really teach hip-hop and it's 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 yeah. one of the it's one of the biggest powerhouse genres there is. I think it is the most popular genre yeah. right now. Um So, take just just hypothetically, say it gets larger, right? And you know, it goes so large that there's loads of separate branches of it at different universities, even in America. Yeah. Um, and you can't control all of it. Yeah. Are, are you scared of what it might become? Like, oh, yeah. like are you scared that people will take the complete freedom they have, right? And we—these are young people here. They—they they communicate through reaction, not through speech, usually. Yeah. Um, are you scared that they, you know, they might go down extremely offensive pathways, like
1: racism or homophobia or transphobia, things like that? Um, I'm scared that number one, it will—the course will be taught incorrectly, and that the essence of what I'm trying to teach the students will be yeah. not and that it will become about teaching how to rap.
0: Yeah, comes uh,
1: read from a textbook then. And, and yeah. you know, you completely missed the point. The the most textbook thing we do in class is listening to other music. Yeah, other right, artists, yeah, yeah. Talking about that and talking about like where it's come from, what the artist might have been thinking, the lyrics that we used, etc. There's no books at all. Yeah. But more than anything, it's about instilling an entrepreneurial spirit and mentality within the students um, making them aware of what they can possibly do with their career and essentially setting them up to build a business from their music. That's what it's really about. So in the wider course, you learn networking and, and live performance skills, song craft skills, how to write full songs and how to write to briefs and uh, effectively all the tools that a, a professional musician might require. Uh, dependent on what on what branch you, you want to go down. You might want to be a ghostwriter, you might want to write to briefs and write for movies and soundtracks and games and stuff like that and all of that is there for you to learn but if it's literally about let me teach you how to map, then it becomes a Mickey Mouse course and I don't think that's yeah. worth it. In terms of what an artist does with their music after that, I think that no university degree is ever going to encourage or stop An artist from being offensive—if that's what they want to be—if Eminem went on a university course, he probably would still go down the path he was going down anyway, maybe in a different way, but he would have still found that offensive route that he took, which led, Mm. which was wildly successful for him. By the way, you know, some people like the offensive stuff. And some people just want to face certain things.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the risky things with university, isn't it? It's like it's accepted as an incredibly liberal place. And, you know, on that on that standpoint, very uh, progressive as well. It's like, you know, you've got to be careful.
1: Some some places are. I mean, I'm I'm a bit I don't know. I don't know how liberal I am. I'm, I'm certainly not right wing but I wouldn't even class myself as left wing per se I no, just... you, you seem from what I know of you you seem to be more of a political spectator like yeah.
0: like socially left wing for sure politically mm. neutral I, yeah. I would describe you as
1: I would say that same as me really I'll say that's quite an accurate assessment I I don't like identity politics I don't like uh, a lot of um forcing people to be pc I don't think that's a good thing I think that you right. have open dialogue and you have to be willing to disagree and offend people because ultimately being offended leads to growth because mm-hmm. if you're offended by something then you have to question, hopefully if you have any sense about you, you have to ask questions and you have to be willing to to consider why you're offended and to consider your standpoint and whether or not your, your, your view and your opinion is indeed right. So it's good to be offended it's not always good to be purposefully offensive and there's a big difference in there. Yeah, but of all of this, all of this old um, worrying about offending people thing is is nonsense in my opinion, because if you're not worried about offending people, then we would still be talking about the world is flat because somebody had to yeah. be willing to defend the, the sensibilities and the, the 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 status quo by saying, actually, no, the world is round and let me prove it to you. Um, yeah. You know, somebody The guy who The guy who, did, who um, Discovered Discovered bacteria and germs Was wildly offensive Dots Doct- yeah. of the day thought he was in, he Thought he was a lunatic and he actually died Alone in uh, In, um, in uh, What's it called? Um, it's a place they put crazy people uh, um, Mental asylum. Mental, asylum mental institution you should yeah. say now I don't think you're allowed to say asylum well, I am mental asylum. I can do what I want. <laughs> but uh, yes. he, he died alone in what was a mental asylum of the day uh, because he was talking about these invisible creatures that are all over your body and make you sick. And the reason he discovered this was because he noticed a higher incidence of women dying during, during childbirth um, because doctors effectively what they do, they come from cutting up a cadaver and then deliver a baby. Mm-hmm. and couldn't work out why women were dying after this and he noticed that the ones who washed their hands in between there was less of a there was less women dying yeah. so he realized, okay something's going on with this started to look further into it i don't know the full ins and outs but he discovered that you could kill bacteria with soap and started to talk about this and offended a whole lot of people and yeah. people were largely offended because they assumed he was saying you're dirty and you're not doing it right and this and this and this and so they threw him in a mental asylum and it turns out he was right and completely mm. right, 100% right. So, you know, you have to be willing to offend in order to progress. But it's the, 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 the power to offend is an ability and a, a, a responsibility that you have to take very seriously. You don't just do it for the sake of doing it. You do it if you have thoroughly considered your, your position and your options and you believe what you are doing and saying is, is correct then you have to be willing to offend and you have to be willing to state your position without it devolving into a, a, a mudslinging argument, you know? Of course, that's the only way you can have conversation. Yeah.
0: Um, I think it's called a Socrates debate method that, that, um, that, that people should follow,
1: well, where, I mean, where, where oh, someone just
0: stands and speaks, then stops, then the next person stands yeah. and
1: speaks. Well, I mean, if you only converse with people who agree with you, then you are, you are not learning in your... your you're, you're not progressing, in my opinion, because you're, you're speaking in, the, in an echo chamber. And that's what a lot of people do, especially in politics. On the right, um, people speak very d- d- dismissively about those on the left and are backed up and supported by their right-wing friends. Yeah. And on the left, people Same speak with very the left. dismissively yeah. on... Exactly. And I find it incredibly boring. You yeah. know, I, I just can't be bothered because it's like, how can your entire ideology... Be defined by all of these things you're telling me that everything on the left you agree with you don't have some right-wing views on certain things you know i have i don't i certainly don't have left-wing views on on taxes and redistribution of wealth i don't believe that you should take money from hard-working people i actually quite admire yeah, it for sure for sure at the same time i do think social welfare is an important thing and i think that people need help and i think having a social um net in place for when you fall on hard times is also very important so mm. i understand the need for taxes so you know i i i would say that none of my views on i don't think any of my core views and on, on important social topics could be bowled down to left or right wing i think there's there's aspects of both and there, there's a lot of nuances in these sorts of things, which is why I really struggle with these, are you left wing or right, or right wing um, quizzes? Yeah, yeah, How how much do you agree on this on this blanket statement? It's like, well, I kind of do, but I kind of don't. But you haven't given me a, a real option to, to state my case here. Yeah. I mean, Jordan Peterson put it perfectly.
0: The left need the right and the right need the left is what you're yeah. saying, uh, which is wonderful. And that's a really sort of nice place to leave off there. Uh, thank you very much you I must am. in your next your, your next song you must use the word asylum because I think that has good <laughs> rhyme potential alright
1: my next song mixes Japanese and English so I don't know how oh okay I'll oh wow it it's crazy
0: okay thank you very much let's stop the gnomes together uh, stand up and stop them gnomes they uh, them. thank you Before I say goodbye, I'd like to congratulate Shadow on proposing to his fiancée. I'm going to speak on behalf of everyone listening. We wish you the best of luck, and I'll be coming to one of your shows wearing a DIY Gang T-shirt. Make sure you listen to uh, Burnout Shadow's latest single, and there'll be an article on tbbts.co on independent rap, and I think it will revive hip hop. Uh, So give that a read on tbbts.co and also goodbye.